0: Are you ready for some fun?
1: Yes. Welcome to the Queer SLP Podcast.
0: We are two speech-language pathologists who identify with the LGBT plus community.
1: On each episode, we'll highlight relevant queer issues and stories from our field.
0: The Queer SLP Podcast's mission is to provide informative and pertinent content from proud and chatty SLPs. Am I coming in? You're coming in. Okay. Loud and clear.
1: All right.
0: Here we are.
1: We are here. Mm -hmm. Um, (sighs) (laughs) Let me just start. This is Hector, and my pronouns are he, him.
0: And I'm Natalie. My pronouns are she, her. Welcome to the Queer SLP Podcast, the show to discuss LGBTQ plus issues within the field of speech language pathology.
1: Today's episode is about being out at work. What are some statistics about being out? Why do we care about being out? The benefits of being out. Myths about coming out. Tips for coming out. And what you can do moving forward.
0: That is so much. We're going to talk about so much today. A lot. Yeah. Okay, so do we want to check in or should we just get started?
1: Let's do a check-in.
0: Okay. Well, how are you?
1: I am doing Great! I'm really happy with the way that things are going with the podcast. Mm-hmm. We are again film. Filming. We are again recording together, so that's exciting. Oh gosh, that was, why is that? I'm gonna turn
0: your that. notifications off.
1: Muting. Um, we are recording again together, so that's exciting. Summer is winding down slowly. Wah. You're starting your new job, and I am thinking about what the next school year is going to look like. Lots of things. What about you?
0: Uh, Let's see. I hit a milestone today, actually. I paid off my car. (gasps) Today? Today, I paid my last car payment.
1: (laughs) Wow, that is so exciting.
0: Yeah, well, I think part of it is that I haven't been going out. Yeah. I haven't been spending money on very much, Mm -hmm. and so I had more money to put toward my debt yeah so I just was paying it and paying it and paying it and yeah I made my last payment today
1: are you going to do the smart thing and put that extra money now toward other debt or are you going to use it
0: I am going to be putting it towards other debt oh okay yeah I know it's not a fun thing to do but uh I really I need to do that I I need to be grown up about it we
1: appreciate grown-up decisions here
0: yeah, well, and it, it's just, it's so satisfying to get rid of all that debt, and uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: I believe that is the new American dream, is getting rid of any debt that you have.
0: That, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so we checked in, are we ready to start? Oh my I think
0: God. so. Um, so let's start by laying a little bit of groundwork. Okay. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about some statistics so you know you know it's hard because i don't want to feel like i'm a statistic nobody wants to feel like they're a statistic but um we're going to talk about some statistics right now
1: so in 2018 a survey was released by the human rights campaign titled a workplace divided understanding the climate for lgbtq workers nationwide So there were some statistics that were covered in that 2018 survey, and we're about to drop them on you.
0: So here we go. The first one is that 46% of LGBTQ workers said that they were closeted at work, compared to 50% in HRC's 2008 degrees of equality report. So I just wanted to note that that's 4% change in 10 years. Right. So uh, that's very slow.
1: Right. Like borderline negligible. Yeah. Yeah. Also, one in five LGBTQ workers report having been told or had coworkers imply that they should dress in a more feminine or masculine manner. So passing was important in the workplace.
0: Mm -hmm. 53% of LGBTQ workers reported hearing jokes about lesbian or gay people at least once in a while. 31%
1: 31% of LGBTQ workers say they have felt unhappy or depressed at work.
0: I wonder if they specified in that whether they were unhappy or depressed specifically about LGBT issues or if it was unhappy or depressed in general.
1: Did, in general, did yeah. You, in general? Um, good question. I need to look deeper into that. But from what I recall, it was how in general they felt and then why being closeted impacted that.
0: I see. Okay. So and then, let's see. Okay. So the top reason that LGBTQ workers uh, didn't report negative comments that they heard about LGBTQ people to a supervisor or human resources was because they didn't think anything was going to be done about it. And they didn't want to hurt their relationships with coworkers.
1: So while a lot of Fortune 500 companies have put in place a lot of policy, that is anti-discrimination specifically, they found that 59% of non-LGBTQ workers surveyed by the HRC Foundation, they felt that it was unprofessional to talk about sexual orientation and gender identity in the workplace, even though by their own self-reporting. They regularly talk about these subjects through everyday conversations about their spouses, their families, and life outside of work. So that double standard does exist for LGBTQ and non-LGBTQ workers.
0: Could you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by there's a double standard?
1: So oftentimes you'll hear that for non-LGBTQ individuals, they don't even have to think twice about whether or not they will have a picture of their spouse in their office or talk about what they did over the weekend with their families. However, according to this, it's unprofessional for LGBTQ workers to even discuss anything related to their orientation or gender. And that is something that, while we had to think about it, that's a double standard that exists.
0: It it definitely exists. And I wonder if part of that is that we have this 46% of LGBTQ people not being out. And by discussing what you do in your off time, you're, you're likely to out yourself.
1: Right. And then in this case, considered unprofessional if you do. Right. Which I think for a lot of us, we have to weigh that risk of whether or not being out outweighs your professionalism. Mm-hmm. And I think in this day and age, those lines are blurring more and more. Uh, but again, this re- survey was conducted in 2018, and now it's 2020.
0: Mm-hmm. So on that, since this 2018 study, the Supreme Court has ruled on discrimination within the workplace.
1: So according to the LA Times, the court said in a 6-3 to ruling citing the words of the Civil Rights Act of 1964... It says employers may not fire or refuse to hire employees based on their race, religion, sex, or national origin. And the court decided that discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity is discrimination based on sex. So what does that actually mean? That means... (laughs) I forgot to answer my own question. (laughs) So that means that um, sexual orientation and gender identity were included in that ruling.
0: Right. Justice Gorsuch wrote the court's opinion in Bostock versus Clayton County. He agreed that lawmakers in 1964 may not have intended to protect gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, or queer employees, but he said the court relies on the words of the law, not the aims of the lawmakers. So to me, that means that um, the way that the law is worded would include protecting lgbt people right right in 1964 they may not have intended to include Mm -hmm. that us us as a protected group but he's saying in the words of the law that's what it means
1: like by definition it's included right interesting how in some ways that's almost pulling apart the, that concept of like the spirit of the law versus the intent. Yeah. Kind of.
0: Well, and it it reminds me of when we were talking about, you know, using the word queer, Mm -hmm. right? It's the spirit of the use of the word, the intent or the intent of the use of the word. Right. Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: Interesting. So why do we care? Why, what are the benefits of being out at work? So, in a CNN article in July 2018 entitled, Nearly Half of LGBTQ Americans Haven't Come Out at Work, by um, by Julia Carpenter, yeah, <laughs> by Julia Carpenter states, fostering a culture of inclusion has direct effects on workers' output and productivity.
1: So, that's why we should care. At the end of the day, we... Essentially, are a capitalist society, mm-hmm. and so by having the most efficient workers and doing things that will improve that productivity, we will increase our output and yeah. essentially our capital, uh, our income.
0: Yeah. Well, and if you think about how much energy it takes to be in the closet or to um, hide an essential part of yourself. From others. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of energy. You're worried about whether or not people are going to find out. So you can't fully focus on your job. Right. If you're constantly worried about those things.
1: I think one thing that is interesting is the cultural shift toward improving workplace environment. Mm-hmm. I think with the tech boom, I remember specifically Facebook being one of the first places that created these atmospheres of work environment that they realize oh if our workers are in a good space mentally and physically they're gonna be better um employees will be more creative and so this sort of goes hand in hand with that if you as an lgbtq person feel secure you also will feel more able to contribute to your company or even your whatever your job is
0: right you can take that worry away
1: um So as far as the benefits of being out at work, the HRC also generated a list of these benefits, and we will share those with you.
0: Okay, so they say that being out at work eliminates the need to hide or mislead, makes deeper friendships possible, breaks down barriers to understanding,
1: builds trusting working relationships, Let's us bring our whole selves to work. And being open can make you more productive and can even benefit your career because your peers will see you in a new, perhaps even courageous light.
0: Yeah. Coming out stories. So Hector, you and I talked about our coming out stories in our Proud Professional episodes. Yes, we did. Right? And we learned out. We we, We learned out. (laughs) We learned out. We learned that coming out never ends. Nope. We never really get to stop coming out. It's a conscious decision to risk coming out every single time. You're taking a risk. Mm -hmm. But as as we've discussed with these HRC this HRC list, that there are some clear benefits to coming out. Right. Mm -hmm. There's there's always this anxiety and worry about coming out, but in the end, there can be a lot of benefits to it too. Right. So. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit and we're going to cover some myths about coming out of work. We're going to play a little game. Woo! We're going to call it Agree or Disagree. uh. So the Harvard Business Review detailed seven myths about coming out of work. Okay. So we're going to go through each myth and we're going to say if we agree with this myth, if we disagree with this myth, if we have any opinions on this myth... Just, you know, shout it out. So, myth number one. Coming out at work is not a big deal. After all, it's the 21st century.
1: Um, disagree <laughs> completely. Yeah? Yeah. What about you?
0: I, I mean, I disagree with this statement. hmm Yes. I think that coming coming out at work is always a big deal to me. Right. Uh, because of that risk.
1: Mm-hmm myth number two coming out is similar for all LGbtq plus people disagree disagree
0: right I think that right is that,
1: yeah yeah
0: is, is, my, is my opinion correct? Um,
1: yeah I don't think it's similar
0: it's not it's not similar I think that uh region mm-hmm. can play a factor I think that your profession can play a factor for SLPs. I think that the population you're working with can be a factor. What do you think?
1: Um, I completely agree. I think your ability to quote pass is a factor oh, on definitely. your experience, especially if you are even transitioning. Um, if you had previously identified as male and then transition and present as, um, I mean, not present, identify as female, there is more difficulty with that coming out. Um, So I think it's different for everybody depending on what your background is. Mm
0: -hmm. All right, myth number three. LGBTQ workers have complete control over whether they do or don't come out at work.
1: This one was hard for me because it... In in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Okay. But I think it goes back to that passing Mm -hmm. idea, Um, which, again, makes me feel gross. But if you pass or don't pass, Mm -hmm. you may have a harder time or an easier time, like, not having to... You get to choose. Right. Um, So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. What about you?
0: Well, full disclosure, I I can pass
1: as straight, Mm -hmm.
0: um, which you know can offend me often mm-hmm. but in those situations where i don't feel safe i totally have an advantage in that i don't have to worry about people finding out because they by looking at me you wouldn't know
1: right as soon as i get asked it's always a dun 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 moment <laughs> right and and <laughs> do,
0: do, and i'm wondering if just you don't even need to say anything if someone asks you your maybe nonverbal reaction will out you do you think
1: i think to be honest what always happens is the lack of conversation about having a spouse or a girlfriend mm-hmm. is what leads to assumptions I and see. then from there it's it, it creates that platform for that conversation every single time mm-hmm. and so i've never had it not end that way yeah so yeah I know. um all right so Myth number four is coming out has nothing to do with work.
0: Oh, this is definitely a myth. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think I think it has a lot to do with work.
1: Oh, 100%. Especially now that we talked about that, how work productivity is impacted by how inclusive the work environment is. And yes. so, yeah, they are completely related.
0: <laughs> so this is just coming off the top of my head. Do you think that this myth also applies to our clients? That coming out um, can affect whether or not they're successful in therapy?
1: If our clients come out or if we come out to our, our clients?
0: If our clients come out. Do you think that... Or both?
1: I think it does impact because, again, a lot of the stuff that we do since we are related to like behavioral sciences relates to knowing all parts of your culture and how those intertwined to impact your ability to communicate. And so the more that we can identify those factors, the better our success will be, in my opinion. What do you think?
0: Uh, I would tend to agree with you. I think that if if our clients or students are, if they're not able to be fully themselves with us, how can we adequately treat their needs?
1: Right. That's not to say that we would force anybody to want to come out, but if they felt so inclined to express their truth in whatever way possible, then sure. Yeah, I think it's very much necessary.
0: Well, and that's when you take measures um, to make sure that they know that they, they are safe to, to do that. Right, right. Like, I know that whenever I go to, say, a doctor or some kind of appointment, the first thing I look for is some kind of statement on the wall of the clinic that says, you know, we are open and affirming. right. Something to that effect. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. So, myth number five. We've talked about this one before. Coming out at work happens just once.
1: Nope. It happens every single time with every single person and every single situation. Yeah. It is, yeah. We don't need to talk about that We, we already we, know that.
0: <laughs> we've discussed this one at nauseum.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um myth number 6 there is only one way to come out or not come out. Mhm. What do you think?
0: Um I would I would agree that this is a myth. Yeah. Um yeah, it there's more than one way to come out. I have often relied on casually mentioning my partner to come out to people. Mhm. I My preference is to, like, slip it into a conversation. Um, But I know that not everybody has that kind of advantage to say. Like, if if you're not with someone. Right. You, I mean, you could make someone up, I guess. Right. (laughs) That would be a little (laughs) awkward.
1: (laughs) I think there are degrees to coming out. Mm -hmm. So, for example, you know, having a picture of your spouse or partner on your desk or not answering questions that are directed towards your orientation or gender, um, or on the other end of shouting it out loud for everyone to know, you know, that I'm gay and I, I'm i here mm-hmm. and this is my partner. Um, again, there's there's more than one way because there's different degrees, especially depending on your relationship with who you're coming out to. Like, if it's someone I'm not close to, I'm not going to go in depth with my whole story. But if it's somebody that I genuinely care about, then yeah, I want them to know where I'm coming from. So yeah, a myth.
0: Yeah. Okay. So our final myth, people are scared to come out just because of career risks.
1: Um, I think there's a blend of this. I think this Mm -hmm. is partially true. Um, especially if you're in higher level management positions, I feel like there's a lot of worry of whether or not... You're at risk, um, especially if you're way up there. But some of us, myself included, it's not just career risk. It's risk of harm to
0: personal safety, personal safety. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a huge part of it. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's just risks, but I think for a lot of people, it is that idea of losing, you know, potential Ability to move forward in mm-hmm. a company, or even lose your credibility as um, as a practitioner. So, right. w- what about you?
0: Uh, I would agree. I er, <laughs> I would agree that this is a myth. Mm-hmm. I think that coming out, you you definitely have a risk to your career, uh, risk of adv- losing a position or risk of not advancing in a career but it's also a personal risk Mm -hmm. you know it we spend so much of our lives at work so so much of our time is every day is spent at work Mm -hmm. so it it you end up having friendships and relationships with the people that you work with and so it's and that's not in my mind necessarily a career risk it's also a personal risk Earlier on in my career, there was a lot of talk of separating your personal and professional life, but I don't think that it's really possible to separate your personal and professional life quite so much as it maybe used to be touted to be. Um, So I think at your workplace, there's a personal risk as well as a career risk.
1: So that brings me to a question that I have, because we talked about separation of personal and professional life and with the social media Mm -hmm. that we all have access to these days, um, I'm wondering how important it is to maintain your professional, what's the word I'm looking for? Professional, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Presentation? Yes. Um, So to maintain your professionalism and presentation, when you're not at work, so in your social media, if you're doing TikTok, if you're doing Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Is it important that we stay professional when we're not working? And how do we decide what is and what isn't considered professional?
0: I'm not sure. I, I think that um, I've heard someone once say that you should never put something on social media that you wouldn't want your grandmother to see. Right. So maybe that's a, a good thing. Like if, if you didn't want your grandma to see you naked on Facebook, <laughs> 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 then uh, maybe you shouldn't post that picture. Right. Um, but I think that we're finding more and more that people's people's lives can be changed by what hap- ends up on social media. Mm-hmm. Not just as you know being out as gay but also you know if you are speaking negatively about certain groups you can people have been fired right for saying racist things online as they should um (laughs) that's my opinion that's my opinion um but people have been fired for for slamming other groups and i totally lost my train of thought (laughs) i had a point there um about
1: saying you were talking about why it's important to what you say in this day and age
0: yeah i thank you so i think that it's it's important to be aware of that you know that social media is public Mm -hmm. you may be at home alone posting things um or you may be, you know, out in the world with in your personal life posting things, but mm-hmm. there is that potential of an employer seeing those things. Right. So, yeah, I think that that's something that you personally need to judge. I don't know if there's a, an answer for everybody. Right. You know, I don't tend to post a whole lot on social media. And if I do, it's like, look at this thing I knit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, um, one of the hardest things that i found is similarly is eh, blah, 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 edit. Eh. One of the things that I found is finding that line and, and judging what is considered inappropriate or not professional, because one of the things we talked about again, before this podcast was what is considered provocative. Is it okay for me to be in a certain, like if I were at a pride event, for right. example, is that inappropriate because I'm at a pride event or is it, you know, cause I could be anywhere else. I, I made the example of a rodeo, but <laughs> you know, like is, is what is the difference? Is it because yeah. I'm at a LGBTQ related event or, you know, so I think figuring out what for you is considered unprofessional and what you can be held accountable for that's a, that's a hard question. I think it's a different line for everybody. Yeah, I
0: think that that's entirely
1: subjective. But also, I do think that, like, if... I think what you say seems to be impacting you more than what you, like, are taking pictures of at, at, at this point. Like, you're being held accountable more for your words Like, if I were to, I mean, I'll I'll admit I have shirtless photos on my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Like, those are there. That's what that is. Is someone going to call me? I don't. Right. (laughs) 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 But is someone going to call me unprofessional? And am I going to get fired for that? Or, you know, like, where is the offense? Um, I don't know. You know, I really don't have an answer for that. But it it is something that I'm aware of, though.
0: It's a good question that I don't think there's a solid answer to.
1: I mean, unless you check in with your HR and they tell you specifically that you can't have X, Y, and Z, then, you know, which leads us to our next portion about um, questions you might want to ask and tips for coming out.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so we have some questions that um, these are recommended from HRC. That you might want to ask an employer or someone at work about. Coming out. Coming out.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um, So the first question is to ask uh, yourself if your employer has a written non-discrimination policy. Does it specifically cover sexual orientation and or gender identity expression? Does insurance cover domestic partner benefits? Does health coverage cover transitioning costs?
0: Yeah, and this goes back to what I was saying. As as a patient, I also look for non discrimination policies, Mm -hmm. um, and I have worked at places that do not include sexual orientation or gender identity as a protected thing. Not as I mean, these days you'll see it more. But when I first started out in this field, you weren't necessarily going to see that on a non discrimination policy.
1: Right, and I had this conversation with another friend earlier because trans individuals healthcare rights were kind of being discussed um, by our current administration and
0: discussed you mean by me you mean threatened <laughs> threatened
1: um, would be the appropriate word and i even said you go to any hospital with the word saint as the first word of mm-hmm. the hospital as a as part of the name of the hospital you risk possible discrimination um yeah. And it was hard for them to believe that that was the case. But knowing where you're going is going to be important.
0: Yep. It's, this, it's the same kind of rule for um, women's reproductive health. Mm. You go into any hospital that has the word saint in it. You know, there are certain things that they will not provide.
1: Right. All right. What's the next question?
0: So another question to ask is, is there a lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer employee resource group at your workplace?
1: that's a good question because you want to know like, it'd be great if there was something.
0: Yeah. I know that Andrea's (laughs) workplace has one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it really is.
1: (laughs) I mean, other than that, I think for the most, if you're not feeling like there is one, like finding other queer individuals that you can connect with, even if it's just a single person. So you have a sense of community would be a great thing to ask yourself. Like who who are my allies with and without the outside? In it, who are my allies in and outside of the community yeah um the next question is and this is you know again reading the temperature of the room mm-hmm. what's the overall climate in your workplace do people tend to make derogatory comments or jokes are any of your coworkers openly lgbtq i would even add even if they do make those jokes what are the responses of the people around you in when they hear those things. Right.
0: Like, are they going to tell that person that's homophobic?
1: Right. Or are they just going to chalk it up to, um, what did he say? Locker room talk. That's how boys Uh... are. Oh gosh. (laughs) You know what we're talking about. Okay.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, so you could also ask, what are your work relationships like? Do people discuss their personal lives? Are they asking questions about yours? Is the atmosphere friendly or guarded?
1: Right. And then are you willing to challenge that? Because yeah. I think, like we said before, we if you're straight, you don't always have to analyze whether or not you are aware of those things. Right. And so if you, as somebody who is wanting to come out, wants to have those conversations, you, you have to be willing to say, yeah, I'm going to kind of push the envelope here a little bit.
0: Yeah, it depends on your comfort level. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, lastly, what you can do is ask if your company is ranked on the HRC or the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality eh, Corporate <laughs> Equality Corporate Equality Index, and if so, what rating has it earned? Do you know more about that?
0: Um, uh, I think that the Human Rights Campaign has like a rating system,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, on things like. Um, how many LGBTQ workers do you have? Do you have a stated anti-discrimination policy? I think they have like a list of criteria, and they score companies based on that um, rating. Hmm.
1: I wonder where Asha would land on that.
0: I don't know. Maybe we should find out. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. But um, I... no shade. <laughs> yeah. None at all. Uh, so... At it <laughs> so um yeah but I I wish that they would rate schools oh I don't think that they go into things like schools like as workplaces
1: are you talking like at all levels of education yeah all levels oh wow
0: <laughs> I want everyone everyone should be rated
1: yeah like rate my professor but like rate my schools LGBT like HRC <laughs> index. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay, um, I, I I like
1: that. I can go for that. Yeah. Or rate my hospital.
0: Well, and ugh, I I've worked in enough settings to notice that there is a wide range of acceptance levels, mm-hmm. even within uh, a school district. Right. That you know, from building to building, you can have kind of a different vibe. And I would I would love to see how, how these different schools would rate.
1: I'd also be interested to know what the feeling was of employees within those settings to sure there is a policy, but right. what is the actual application of that in the work setting? Oftentimes you'll say, Yeah, we don't discriminate and then next thing you know there's like homophobic comments left and right. Right. and nothing's being done. Um, so I would be curious to know what those ratings are just from an uh, internal perspective as well.
0: Yeah, that would be interesting. So moving forward, once you've assessed your workplace atmosphere, there are some practical steps you can take, such as, I, and you mentioned this earlier, identifying someone who is LGBTQ or supportive and talk to them.
1: Right. You're not always going to have that established group. And so finding your allies, that's always important. Mm-hmm. That's always important. Um, <laughs> the next step would be that people will often take their cues from you on how to talk and feel about LGBTQ issues. The more casual you are, the more likely they are to follow your lead. So not getting defensive or coming in with a chip on your shoulder. You're extending the olive branch. You're making this a safe space so that you can have a safe space.
0: I think this can be really hard to do, especially if you've been burned a lot. Right. And that's maybe where talking to a counselor may be important. Like, because people really do, they will look to you to kind of see how they should react.
1: Right. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that. Like, what is it? mean to be an ally we have to allow people the opportunity to be allies and so not being defensive when they want to ask questions or don't know you we have to also take that on as well
0: yeah so make a plan
1: about coming out
0: yeah plan on how you how you're gonna come out you know
1: i wish i made a plan (laughs) Uh, Maybe I had better success in the past, but yeah, I will make a plan now. Moving
0: Learning forward. and growing is <laughs> um, <laughs> great. Um, yeah. So kind of like saying to yourself, okay, I've gotten the lay of the land. I've talked to a, a coworker who's safe and I'm ready to come out. Now I need to plan how I'm going to come out. And you know, I think that this suggestion from HRC, at least, in my interpretation is like taking control of how your narrative is going to be played out. Mm -hmm. Right. So once you know where you stand in a a place, you can then say, okay, this is how I want to have the narrative play out.
1: Right. I think I subconsciously make a plan. Once I know that there's anti-discrimination policy in place, Mm -hmm. my plan is to go as fast as possible. (laughs) <laughs> because just get it out. Well, because oftentimes you just have a lot of adverse reactions because there's so much built up mm-hmm. of expectation when they're thinking, you know, maybe you are straight the entire time, and then you know you you drop the bomb mm-hmm. quote um, <laughs> the queer bomb the queer bomb. Hey, by the way, <laughs> Boom. and then they're like, what? Like, yeah. if you just come out saying, "Hey, I'm gay," um, right from the get go when you feel comfortable enough like it yeah. it's made it easier for me um oftentimes if i've waited long enough mm-hmm. i'll get the weird oh that's too bad <laughs> like People say that yeah, yeah i've gotten like it's it's too bad you're gay like and i'm like oh for who <laughs> you know? Yeah, i know but, i was going to say but like I was gonna say would
0: but, but,
1: yeah, it's uh, like the worst backhanded... Too bad
0: for all the ladies? Right, that,
1: that's exactly what's insinuated right there. <laughs> oh I'm gosh. like, oh gosh, you know, like or like you'd make a great dad, you know, one of those things, and I'm like, because gay cause people can't. can't be dead. <laughs> but yeah, something like that, I'm like, oh gosh. But yes, yeah, so that's why I try to rip that band-aid off right away so that they can't have expectations that I never put on there. Um, yeah. On me.
0: My plan is usually more sneaky than that. Oh. Mm-hmm. What is it? Just, it's actually the next couple of ones we'll get into it but I, I very casually will bring up LGBT cop- topics I I'll very that. casually just mention things um, like oh I saw this TV show or whatever like and then of course I'll also casually mention my partner which right um,
1: You're like I love the L word
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes.
1: alright so yeah so that goes on to our next one which is talk about LGBTQ related news stories movies, TV shows or other topics as a way to signal your views or start the conversation. You could do this with anything, to be honest, but like this is a great way specifically for coming out on how to talk about what you like and also drop hints on what you're where you stand. So like, I love Love Simon or did you watch Call Me By Your Name, you know, things like that. Yeah. You could definitely sneak those in.
0: Right. And You can kind of take the temperature of the room that way. Right, right. Bring back to that sort of looking...
1: See what their responses are. Yeah. Reading the room.
0: Read the room. So also being a part of inclusion training. So being comfortable with being your own advocate. It's important to gain allies, but the world doesn't owe you shit.
1: (laughs) Hector, you wrote that. I wrote that because I think it's important. That's something that I learned through this podcast is... Yes, there we're in a place where we need the majority to step up, mm-hmm. but we can't be victims. We have to remember that we are our own champions, and that while we want to get as many allies as possible, if they're gonna be fine if they don't become our allies, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, if I'm, we have to remember that we're not victims in this world. Um, and so, taking control of that and making sure that you make that seat. For yourself mm-hmm. at the table. Yeah. Um, next is, ooh, I like this one. Uh, bring a partner or date to company functions or have them meet you at work one day. Hopefully, someday I will have that opportunity. I hope to, so,
0: too. To have
1: a partner, but currently single. Whereas...
0: Single and ready to mingle over here. Yeah,
1: and COVID. Um, <laughs> but, but, He's here for video chats. Right? Find me in the DMs. But (laughs) but Natalie, you have a pre-wife. You Uh have a beautiful Mm fiancé. Have you had the opportunity to do that?
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just because of geography, Andrea and I haven't had as much opportunity for this. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I used to live in Seattle and was married previously... Then my, my wife often came to meet me at work for one reason or another. And, you know, usually it was like something that we had to do later on that, like after work kind of thing. And she would come to my office.
1: Oh, I love that. So it wasn't just like big events. It was, I love the, I love the day to day. kind Yeah. Of it moments. would be
0: like, oh, we need to go grocery shopping. So meet me at work. Right. Um, at this time. And, right. you know, I would come out of my office and she would just be in the waiting room. And, you know, that was that. I mean, oh, just, yeah. I want that. <laughs> you'll have it, you'll have it. So and this is this next one is one that I I do a lot always. <laughs>
1: a, a lot of always. A lot of always.
0: Um, putting a picture of your partner on your desk. I always have a picture of a part, my partner on my desk because I miss him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, you could also you know, put a safe space sticker or a pride sticker. Uh, I think visuals can you know, be a really great way to sort of start the conversation.
1: Yeah, there's so many ways that you can show your status. Status, that's not what I your want Your status. <laughs> um, there's so many ways that you can demonstrate. Now, nah, I'm just gonna edit all of this out. Um, okay. I don't even know what I wanted to say, to be honest. <laughs> I wanted to wrap it up. That's why.
0: Let's wrap it up. Um,
1: So yeah, today we talked a lot about coming out at work. Previously, you heard from our own Proud Professional episodes, Mm -hmm. what it was like for us to do that and our own opinions. But today we talked a lot about certain statistics related to that, current legislation, some tips and myths related to coming out and what we could do moving forward
0: yeah there's a lot there's a, was a lot that we covered today so please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you're listening to this show if you have friends who you think would like this podcast please make sure to tell them how to find us
1: follow us on facebook and instagram at the queer slp our website is at
0: So tune in next time when we talk about representation in therapy materials.
1: Bye.